Felina Padilla, aka the Bronx Bomber. <laughs> Got a Bronx shirt on, representing always. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Professor. Thank you. Did we were just talking earlier? Say so you did Tough Girl Boot Camp. Correct. Nine like, years ago, when I entered the dojo, you greeted us. Um, the Muay Thai room was being constructed, so you told us to leave our email address, and when it was ready... Oh, we were building it? Yes, mm. it was during construction. And a few months afterwards, uh, they sent us an email, and, and we came and joined Tough Girl Boot Camp with Coach Dawn. Crazy. Nine, nine years later, you're doing it with us, representing yes. during your last week, you're going to yes. be... <laughs> moving, moving to Miami. It was a pleasure. Next week. Like, I never left. Felina, um, you grew up in the Bronx, Bronx? Yes, born and raised in the Bronx. Born and raised. What was, uh, tell, talk, talk to me about your childhood and, you know, what did your parents parents do? And, and um, uh, My mom was, she played the role of the mother and the father. Mm. Uh, my father, um, he had, he was an alcoholic, so he was never there um it wasn't easy growing up but my mom always made our home special she gave us uh clothes in our back and and there was always food on the table you know um it was rough growing up it was rough we didn't go to disney we just went to school and hang out in the backyard and and um it was different times in new york at that time right yes before Disney was on Times Square. Exactly. Um, Times Square, there was a lot of peep shows. It was mm-hmm. it was a scary time, but I think at the time I was just immune to it, you know. Um, I, I didn't grow up in the most desirable neighborhood. I didn't grow up in the projects either. Again, my mom, she played the role of the mother and the father. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have the means growing up. Um, but I started working at McDonald's. That was your first job? Yeah, that was my first job, and I was so proud of it. You know, I worked through high school uh, full-time, and I went to school full-time. So my shift was 3.30 to 10.30, and then I would take the train back home to the Bronx. So the what, McDonald's... What, 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 what area was the... 96th Street and Broadway. Mm, so, yeah. In the city. Yeah, I was born and raised in the Bronx. I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to work in the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go to the city. Um, I was always responsible because I knew early on that I did not want to become a product of my environment, mm. especially in the 80s where uh, a lot of teenagers were getting pregnant, dropping out of high school. Um, but in high school, I always had fun. I never belonged to a clique. I always hung out with everyone, whether it was the freestylers, uh, the break dancers, uh, the bilingual kids where nobody wants to hang mm. out. I, I always shifted around. I just got along with everyone, even the rockers. So, so we're in the Bronx <laughs> in, uh, you know, say the night in the 80s, right? The 80s. We had to go through metal detectors. Right. At, and so <laughs> tell me, tell me the different groups that were in the, in the, in the, in the school at that time in high school. Well, there the, was always the rockers, that the never, <laughs> they never changed. There's always a click, but for whatever reason, I always got along with everyone. Like if I'm going to hang out with my freestyle, and when I say freestyle, I don't know if you're, you're familiar with freestyle music, with Noel, Judy Torres. Mm. So that was one group. The other group was the rockers with the long hair, the denim jacket. I, I just love the music. You know, we would just sit around and listen to Journey, Survivor. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and they were always bigger, but I was always neutral, mm. you know. Um, the popular kids, uh, the bilingual kids were not the cool kids, <laughs> but I didn't care. Fresh off know? the boat. And everyone accepted me, you know. It was funny because during, because I was working in McDonald's and I was like, well, I just don't want to be an employee. I want to manage. Mm. <laughs> so I got promoted to a manager. So for four years through high school, I was a manager at McDonald's. And every, mu- every paycheck, I would go to the jewelry store. And, and uh, at the time, people were wearing ropes, like right, run right, DMC. Right. right, right. So I put everything on layaway. And then you had, and you had the gold <laughs> and you had the, the name, right? You had your, the yeah, diamonds, right? Yeah, the name <laughs> plate, my name ring. And I would put everything on layaway and, 
even the boombox, everyone was rocking the boombox. Yeah. So I will put everything on layaway. And at one point, I noticed that people at, in high school were just looking at me. <laughs> and one of the girls was telling the other girls, she, her man must be a drug dealer. <laughs> so my best friend was like, who are you talking about? And they were like, your friend that you always hanging out with, the one with the leather jacket. <laughs> I said, Frisha? No, she works at McDonald's for crying out loud. <laughs> so yes, that was my, my thing at the time. Where, where do you think the neutrality, where, what, why do you think you were like that? Like you got along with everybody? I think it has to do with music. Mm. I grew up listening to everything. Mm. And um, my mom was a big influence in, in, in my music taste because she played a lot of soft classic rock. And I just loved it. And at the time, I was also watching MTV. And at the time, MTV was playing only music videos. Mm. And it didn't matter to me uh, what type of music. I just loved music, period. And I think that branched out into the clicks. Even The Breakfast Club. At the, mm. I, I don't know if you saw that movie. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Or Pretty in Pink. They was always talking about clicks. I'm mm. like, I, at the time, I didn't understand it because I just got along with everyone. But now as an adult, I see, wow, it's still on. It still goes on like that. Especially now with all this stuff, right? The, yes, yes. All the different separations, right? Exactly, exactly. But I just got along with everyone. I don't care. You know, and then, you know, you work, yeah, you know, worked full time or worked, you know, after school and then went to school at the same time. Like, you know, I look at you now and I mean, you get the party started in the morning doing kettle jitsu at 530 in the morning and then you train, you, you go to work and then you train at night evening and you're just like, you're like a machine, like a discipline, like your discipline is, I mean, it's inspiring for everybody, right? And do the women's class on Saturday, like you're just like, you're like a machine, you know? Where does that discipline come from? I think from my mom, you know, she's been through a lot of hardship um, and I see her struggle. Now she's, she's fine, you know, mm. she, she, in the late 90s, they diagnosed her with cancer. Mm. They say it was terminal. So we took her from that hospital. We went to another hospital, Memorial Sloan Catering, which is one of the best um, cancer hospitals. And the drive and the fighter in her to, to beat cancer. Mm. And she did. She's been in remission wow. ever since. You said and, in the um, 90s, right? Yeah, late 90s, wow. 97, I think. Wow. And um, she always told me, well, um, don't... Don't be a product of your environment. You know, yes, we live in the Bronx, but you're better than that. And I wanted to graduate high school where, when nobody was graduating high school at that time, mm -hmm. especially in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And that was my goal. I'm gonna graduate high school. After I graduated high school, um, I traveled a lot. I was single for a very long time. I was also in the closet, so. So because I was in the closet, I always traveled a lot. I, I went to a lot of clubs. I was a club head, like dancing. Um, but then I said, let me just buckle down and go to college. And once I started college, I was like, okay, I'm gonna follow through. I'm gonna be the first one in the family to graduate from college. And sure enough, I did. Wow. I minor in legal studies and major in business. And I wanted to make my mom proud. Mm. That was my biggest influence. And she was so proud. <laughs> um, Are you the old? Yeah, you have yes, I'm the oldest. oldest. You have a brother and a sister? I had two brothers. One of them passed away. Um, and then my brother, who's in his 40, and my other sister. She's the third one, yes. So I'm the oldest. Mm -hmm. um, so after um, I gradu graduated college, I was still living under my mom's roof. Um, she said, well, why don't you save your money? I'm like, okay, I'm just working full time and going to college. Once I graduated college, I saved enough money uh, to rent. So I was renting one of um, my brother-in-law's little apartments. Mm. And after a while, I'm like, I'm tired of renting. Let me just buy something. So I'm always structured. Like I always had little goals and I Yeah, it's like you're them. like from the military or like a, <laughs> like a, you know, martial arts. Now you're martial arts. I mean, right. Like tomorrow we're going to have our graduation and, and you know, I don't, I never tell people you're going to get your black belt. Right. But, uh, potentially, right. You could. And you know, it's, uh, like, I mean that, that sets, it says it all. Right. 
but it's it's uh yeah really truly remarkable like yeah like you've been in the military or something <laughs> <laughs> with and the discipline you have especially in life especially everything around my orbit i just did not want to become a product of my environment mm. i wanted to be better you know do better you know um i had an amazing career in new york amazing friends family mm. um i had my apartment and years went by and i'm like okay what's next <laughs> And, and I came out later in life, like in my 30s, you know, and it was the best thing I, I ever did. It was very um, liberating for me to live my, my true self, you know? Um, my mom embraced me. She already knew. Yeah. She was just waiting for me. My sister already knew. <laughs> they were just waiting for me to come out, but they all embraced me. Um, if you don't, like, how, how, what was that like? The, I mean, you were in high school. Like, what was, what was that, you know? Like you're like your family already knew, you know, but like, how was that? How was it growing up like that? Um, especially at that time, hard. especially at that time, yes, right? Dating was so hard. Like I other, other girls, other Yeah, boys. I never dated a, a girl at all through high school, but I had a lot of friends. Like mm. all my friends were like amazing, you know, um, to this day, I'm, I'm in contact with all of them. Um, and I dated just oh, so you had to date. You had to fake, you had to yeah, fake it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. I was fronting. Fronting. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it was, that was hard. But at the end of the day, every relationship I had with a guy was like, oh, he's my bro. <laughs> it was like hanging it's out with crazy. my bro, like hanging out with the bros. Um, but then I just stopped dating altogether. I think I was single for 10 years and I just focused on myself. I was also. When, when did you know? When did you know? Like, I was how old you? Since I was a little kid. I didn't understand it. Yeah. You know, no one was there to, to guide me and, mm. and talk to, especially at that time when it wasn't really, it was frowned upon, right? Mm. Um, yeah, of course, yeah. But I always knew I was born that way, you know? Um, and I think as I got, I think in my late 20s, I was so huge. I was like almost 200 pounds. Mm. I, I looked like a sumo wrestler. <laughs> and my mom was like, you know, you don't have kids, you have a great career, just work on your health. And I did, I started going, I joined Lucille Roberts. Yeah, I joined Lucille Roberts and for a year, I just, my mom helped me, she was cooking like healthy foods. Mm. And within that year, I lost a while. I went down to 130, from almost 200 pounds in one year. And it was just consistency, you know? So after that, um, you put your mind to it. You yeah. made it happen. Like I think early two thousand, um, the L word came out, and I will. Early two thousand. Yeah. Mm. I was always um, fascinated with Jennifer Beals, and I saw her in the billboard. I'm like, what is this L word? So that show was therapy for me. I was like, oh, it's okay to be, to be a lesbian, to be gay, you know, and. Um, I met my first girlfriend and um, through AOL, through AIM. <laughs> <laughs> so I was with her for like AOL dial-up. Dial yeah, for like maybe four, five years. Then um, didn't work out. Um, I was single again for like a year, and then I met Lisette at the Bronx Zoo through mutual friendship. Hmm. And um, she was always planning to move to California. I didn't. I wasn't even looking for love. I'm like, ah, whatever. Hmm. Um, but it just kind of happened organically. You know, we just kept hanging out and um, she moved to, to LA and she said, oh, come visit me. I'm like, yeah, I never been to LA, never thought about going to LA. I knew of Burbank Studios because of, you know, shows that you watch through through the 80s, right, like right. Growing Pains mm -hmm. or Facts of Life, Give Me a Break. Facts of Life. TJ Facts of Life. Facts of Life. Saying you always see Burbank Studios. Right, right, but right. But I never, never thought I would you yeah. know, moved to uh, California. And sure enough, um, I came and I visited Lisette. And I'm like, wow, I like this place. I never saw so many mountains, you know. And um, it just opened my eyes. And I, and I started falling in love with her. So through a, for a year and a half, we were dating long distance. Because, you know, I didn't want to leave everything behind in New York. So she moved from Miami to L.A.? First? She she's no. from Miami, so she moved to New York, oh, I see. and I just happened to to meet her, you know. But she was already planning to move to California. Mm. That was her dream. Um, and 
you know, we kind of fell in love within that year and a half that we were doing long distance. So I said, okay, let me just roll the dice and mm. see what happens, you know? So I sold my apartment, I left my, my job. It was heartbreaking because my mom was in New York, mm. but I needed to make that leap of faith for myself, you know? Um, actually, it's one of the best decisions I ever made because if I would have never left New York City, mm. I would have never been introduced to martial arts. I probably would have never got my license and, and I didn't know how to drive. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Let's say you like here, take a few lessons and um she just shoved me to drive. Get it out of your system. <laughs> so I evolve moving to California. Open you know? up your mind. Exactly. You know? I was always drawn to UFC, not because I understood what was going on. Um, but I was always fascinated with the fighter's regimen, getting prepared mentally and physically for the fight. That I was always fascinated by that, you know, not for the actual fight itself. I was more into boxing, like mm. Sugar Ray, Muhammad Ali, Tyson. That was my thing. Um, you got the Tyson shirt on, too. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely uh, my thing. Um, so we started going to 24 hours and... We got bored after a while. We mm. needed something different. That's when we walked into your gym. Um, I think, I believe it was late 2012, November. Yeah, November 2012. Yeah. And it was like, wow, this is so cool. Um, I was just fascinated. You know, the, the, cause I never really went to a class mm. per se, like uh, a fitness class. Mm. I was, did um, old school weight training, like mm -hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger's, mm -hmm. just lifting weights. Yeah. You know? So it was fascinating to me. Hitting and, a bag um, and yeah, getting some technique yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and um, mixing it in with the fitness, right? Exactly. And at the time, I think you guys had an introduction to jujitsu, mm -hmm. you know? Um, what was this guy's name? Ugo. 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 Yes. From so Sweden. I, I didn't care for it because I, like I told, um, let's say, like, the last thing I want to do is roll around on the mats with sweaty man. No, it's not happening. But I'll, I'll do the introduction to jiu-jitsu, but I'm not doing that. <laughs> I was so stubborn. And um, we finished. The, and she was like every day, like, come on, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's we do finished it. the course with Ugo because he had to leave. And I said, um, I'm going to stick to Muay Thai. And Coach Brian was such a, yeah. such a sweetheart. You know, I have total respect for him. Yeah. He helped me a lot. And um, and Lester decided to to do the jujitsu classes full time, and it took a while, like a really long time, for me to um, agree to even take a class. So I was like, okay, but it has to be only girls. <laughs> so and I knew they didn't have a girls class, so I knew it wasn't gonna happen. But there was a blue belt at the time, and. And Lissette and her, I guess, congregated and started scheming about having a girls' class. And yeah, it became official. Lizette was the, 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 the instigator, right? <laughs> and got, made, it, made it happen. She's a leader, man. Wow. You know? 2013. Man. Said, okay. It was once a week, I said. Because it was so rare to have any, like, you know, like That's a female thing, thing, you know? Yes, exactly. And Lizette was like, I mean, both of you guys, you guys are like, you know. Yes, and I'm like, I still wasn't really crazy about it because I did not understand. It was really hard for me as a white belt, mm. whereas Lasse just dived in and she embraced it, you know? Um, but she tried, she really poked me. She poked the bear a lot. And then she said, well, look at this video. It was um, Leticia's uh, first camp. Mm. And I saw these women and, and I liked the, the regimen, the warm-up, like mm. they all look like they were working out right before they went into combat. <laughs> and she goes, guess what? She has another camp coming. And I looked at her and said, really? I said, yeah, we're gonna go. So she had a, I forgot where, but I have pictures. I said, come on, let's go. I said, okay. So on the weekend, we went to her camp, three-day camp. Mm. That's where I met all these um, pioneers. At the mm. time, I didn't know who they were. Yeah. You know? Leticia, Beatriz, um, Leica. Leica was the first one. She was the most friendliest one there. Um, 
I can't remember. There were more female black belts. And again, I didn't understand who they were, you know. But let's say, like, did her homework. And, and she told me, these are the women that paved the way for us. <laughs> That's why you don't see any women on the mats. And um, so every weekend, you it guys was met, really... You guys met everybody. Felicia, Felicia. Yeah, everybody. that was in a different... That okay. was at Gracie Baja's um, seminar. Lake of Felicia Jocelyn Chang who's a survivor of breast cancer, mm. um, Chris Shaw. Mm -hmm. And that was a really important moment because that was the second uh, seminar we, we got invited to. Um, and that's the first time I met. I already, we already met Laker at Leticia's camp. Mm. So then that's when we met Felicia O, Jocelyn Chan, Chris Shaw, and we were like, wow. And everyone left and it was just me and Lissette, two white belts and these black belts are hanging out with us. and telling us stories about Brazil, and we were so fascinated by that. Do you remember uh, some of the stories that you I heard? I think, uh, I believe Leica took all her students, because I think, yeah, she took all the women, including Felicia O, Chris Shaw, Jocelyn Shanks, Cindy Umatsu, mm. and they took a trip to Brazil mm. for competition. And I, I guess the same thing you did with in 2013 or 2014 where you took your took some of the, the yes. coaches and the yes. staff yeah yes so they would just tell us stories that they they basically say well everyone is spoiled now because now you could just go into in the internet and just see your rack see at what time you're gonna fight right 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 whereas they had to sit around and wait all day you know and and maybe they'll fight you know so that was an eye-opener yeah, you, t you weighed in, right? You weighed in and then you just waited around all day and maybe you'd go in the morning, maybe you'd go in the evening. That was horrible. So and you'd be nervous, right? Anxiety and, you know, you yes. had your friends co going as well. So, you're, you know, you hope for the best, right? You never knew what time you're going to go. Yeah, and they all told us that it was frowned upon for women to, to be on the mats. And mm. these are the women that paved the way. Mm -hmm. They didn't care if they were looked the wrong way. They were going to... And at the time, especially when we started, you had your OGs and then the new jiu-jitsu. But we were always interested in the women that paved the way because we love history, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, it was different, different, different time, right? Like some of the girls and my, I just remember like, you know, like some girls, they just come in to maybe meet guys too, right? They're not like serious. Yes. Exactly, and th that still happens now. Yeah, unfortunately. But the, they go. They say Maria Tatami. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. But you always know the women that are serious about this. Yeah, for sure, of course, you know. But you there know. weren't too many. There was a. There was a. Uh, one of the. She ended up being a, becoming a black belt and even fight and married one of the other black belts. And of course, you know. But that was even later on. But at the beginning, 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 you know, it was like, it was like very like few and in between like not every gym right had a exactly. one girl training that was serious right exactly exactly and um that piqued my interest this the women were so um inspiring you know and our goal every weekend was to uh meet all the women mm. <laughs> visit every dojo and just get to know everyone you know and we did for from white to like up to purple belt and um even looking through your your walls, you have articles about CJ. Mm. You have a, a little picture um, in the main mat room. People may not notice it, but I just happened to look and I'm like, who are those two women? And it was CJ and, and Sarah, mm -hmm. I believe. Yeah. And then the article about CJ that you have going towards the Muay Thai Being the room. first American uh, black belt. I mean, I'm sorry, first American world champion. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we're like, IBGF. who is this woman? She was Professor Crane's student? So let's say this, some um, digging, mm. went to your friend's list. She looked for Kathy or CJ, like mm -hmm. it couldn't pop up. Right, so. right, right. <laughs> and she found her and um, sent her a quick message. God, CJ must have been like, who is this girl? Mm. <laughs> so I think we invited her and um, after a while, we met CJ, we met Sarah and um, a few black belts, a couple, actually a couple of black belts. They saw that we were groupies. We were lusting. We were white belts who were lusting over jiu-jitsu. And we were groupies. Mm. We were really our groupies. But two serious um, 
OG in two separate I mean it's like yeah you're passionate right you get the bug and that's that's amazing you know just that you you really focus on that 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 way right that yes. avenue and um these two particular black belts were like well you know you're training under an OG yourself he's a pioneer and we're like who mm-hmm. <laughs> so Alberto Crane he's a pioneer <laughs> and it didn't dawn on us at the time you know because we were so laser focus mm-hmm. on the women aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we kept going to dojos and rolling, you start hearing whispering in the background. Like, those are Alberto Crane's girls. Those are th- that was the thing. We still didn't understand. Um, we went to the bookstore, Barnes & Noble, so we look at martial arts. And I think I mentioned that to you before. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> we, see, <laughs> we see your picture, UFC veteran, Alberto Crane. We were like, <laughs> I'll go to the museum in Burbank Martial Arts and um, uh, the owner's like, well, you know your professor is getting inducted in the Hall of Fame of Martial Arts. And we were like, what? So after that, me and Alyssa were like, well, we got to Google Professor Crane. So that's when we Googled you and we saw all this footage of you on YouTube. And that's when we started hearing about Dracolino and then you invited him. And we just... We just dove in. We just wanted to see every YouTube video that <laughs> you. You train in the Bronx, right? You're telling me. Yes. That, mm-hmm. Yes. 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 Um, Jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. I was a purple belt, and um, I went to Hansel Gracie and. Um, in the Bronx, right? In the Bronx. Mm-hmm. In the Bronx, Allenton, I think. And um, Gordon was teaching Tuesdays and Thursday, eight thirty class, and sure enough, I, I told my mom, "Hey, mom, I'm gonna go and take this class." And I went, I had the, I always represent um, your name. Mm-hmm. And um, the Brazilian guy, he already knew who you were. I have, I can't remember. <laughs> and, but Gordon Ryan, you remember his name? Yeah, because, but yeah, of course. Because and they now. Had, the Dan and her girls were there. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like, I'm going to do what I always do. I'm going to do my best. Mm-hmm. Because I feel that whether you're a hobbyist or a competitor, you have to represent your belt well, you know, and do your best. You know, but I also hear the the Brazilian guy tell Gordon, oh, she trains with uh, Alberto Crane. And they kept talking Mm. (laughs) because you're the OG, Mm. you know, you're the American pioneer. Um, But that was our goal. So not many people, especially the new students, they may not know that you was teaching Monday through Thursday at 730. Mm. So anything that you taught us throughout that week we applied it on the weekend. Mm. Wherever we went, it's like, we're gonna do our best. And that was our thing. We did our best and we applied whatever we learned. Um, even when I injured my knee really bad, it was a silly, silly mistake in my part. Um, I took a few days off and you inboxed me or text me. And I said, I don't wanna, miss, I don't wanna see you miss so many classes cause you're getting so good. And I'm in my crutches. <laughs> And the circles, where are you going? I said, well, Professor Crane told me <laughs> that I have to go train. He said, train with one leg. So that's when I learned the deep half, mm. you know, the variation of the deep half. And coincidentally... Change up your game, right? So you can coincidentally, shift around that injury. He had Gordo, I think, was it Gordo? He had a knee injury? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was doing a seminar. And it just, I just started working on my bottom game because I've always been a top, mm-hmm. top game uh, woman. And it just changed, it opened my eyes, you know. Um, then I think Joey joined the dojo and said, you gotta master your fundamentals, Felipe. <laughs> Joey Alvarado, yeah. He was screaming at me so many times. <laughs> I mean, he's, man, we're, we're, I, I feel so lucky and blessed, you know, just his, he's all about the fundamentals and it's everything, right? The fundamentals. Yeah, he helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. He helped me tremendously to sharpen my skills. And after a while, he stopped screaming at me. So I'm like, okay, now I'm good. <laughs> Especially when he says, you're a badass purple belt, Felipe. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so he's been a, a huge... He keeps it real, right? The good and the bad, but he's yeah. going to say how it is, right? And you know when he says it, it's like, wow, yeah. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> he, he, um, he's been a huge part of my flexibility of my fundamentals mm. and what he instilled in me I always try to tell uh, the lower belts mm. never stop taking your fundamentals because 
I'm a higher belt, Andres a higher belt, Monica, Professor uh, Felix, uh, Ricky, Professor Thomas. Mm -hmm. We all take fundamentals mm -hmm. with Joey. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think they have to see that. It's not, it's not what you see on YouTube, and I learned that after the fact. You know, everything that I know is because I learned it at on the mats, you know, and I'm grateful for everything I learned, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm going to take it with me. <laughs> and there's levels, right? There's levels like, you know, you look at Hodger Gracie or like a Cron Gracie, right? And there's levels of like, okay, a front choke is a front choke, but how good of a front choke is your front choke or whatever other technique, right? Exactly. Exactly. So there's always the details, right, that help you improve things. Like you, an arm bar is not just, an arm bar is an arm bar, but how dissected, dissecting it, it yeah. and going deeper and deeper and deeper. And that takes time and you got to do it again and again and again. And speaking about boxing, when it's been around some great boxing trainers, right? Exactly. And when you have these high level boxes, when they, when the, those, the, the boxers come in, what do they work on? Fundamentals. Mm -hmm. They work on the fundamentals over like a Manny Pacquiao, whoever, you know, like one of Manny Pacquiao's trainers, like he, when he works with him or whoever, it's always the fundamentals, you exactly. know, the fundamentals again and again and again. That's why I appreciate um, having Sudoru here because mm -hmm. I think I met him when I was a, a white belt or mm -hmm. a blue belt. Mm -hmm. And he just, he has so much passion in his soul, mm -hmm. you know, and he dissects, dissects the technique. Mm -hmm. He literally does. And just last week he was teaching us um, stand-up mm -hmm. game because I know he, he also um, does MMA. He used did MMA. Fight, used to fight, yeah, yeah fight, huh? For sure. So, I just been like, because I think Joe, Professor Joey was like, Felipe, bring a pen and pencil. You're going to write everything down. And I'm like, no, I'm going to record He calls it. you Felipe? Felipe? It's a, it's a backstory to that. Okay. <laughs> Felina Felipe? Felipe, Felipe. Just to, you know, bother me. Um, I'm like, no, I'm not going to bring a pa paper and pen. I'm just mm. going to record it. So that's what I've been doing. I've just been recording. Mm -hmm. And I, I love the way. It's cool. And Professor Rockley was here. You had that the videos of him teaching some stuff. Oh. <laughs> and then he's like, man, I, oh, man, that's good stuff. I forgot that he did that, right? But because you had the footage. Yes. That's why I always encourage people to, man, let's let's do something. Let's you know shoot it, whatever. And because you forget, right? Even for myself, like you do stuff by a certain time and then you evolve or do something else. And I showed it to him and he was like, he was so surprised. I, I was definitely a white belt. Mm. Yeah, I was definitely a white belt. And I have more. I just happened to um, show him that one. But um, that's what's scary to me. Like once I moved to Miami, you know, because everyone is so, they micromanage their dojo. Mm. Like They're not going to let me record, you mm. know? You just happen to have an open mind, you know, and not everyone is like that, you know. You welcome everyone to your dojo, whereas if I go to, I shouldn't say the name, but if I go to a specific dojo, they're going to have the affiliates do a seminar, mm -hmm. you know, whereas you, you welcome every uh, black belt, regardless of their affiliation, to do a seminar, you know. And my first one was with... Uh, I believe Leandro Lowe. Mm, yes. Yeah, that was a good one. And at the time, again, I didn't understand it. But I now, as an older person and in a higher belt, mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, there's no one like you. There there really isn't, you know. Because I, I, I know this for a fact because I went to other dojos. They like to keep it uh, within their uh, affiliation, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, I just try to focus on, right, like... Just you guys being your best, right? And um, you know, maybe it's even the same. The te the other person teaching it, teaching the same exact thing, but then they explain it maybe a little bit different. And because of that, you go, like, oh, I get it now, you know. And it's good to have different, right? Different styles, like Leandro Lowe. Like I learned a ton of stuff, and always keep pushing it, right? To you know, yes. for us to be our best. And I think that's the culture we try to we try to do here at Legacy, right? Is yeah, uh, like is always pushing everybody to be their best, exactly. no matter what, and. Regardless whether it's old old school jujitsu or new school, mm -hmm. you always go with the you know you evolve, you know you just don't stay in one um, structured curriculum. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you teach us everything, everything, and 
not everyone does that. You went Keenan here, she went to some of the exactly. lapel stuff. And of course exactly. you can get a lot of content, you know, online and you can get videos and all that. Same. It's yeah, exactly. To like, have the experience of, of, uh, you know, these different guys and coming in and just even training with them or how they explain it in person. Right. And they, them correcting you. Right. Exactly. When you do it. And not everyone does that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Thank Who you. does that? Nobody. Yeah, I, I just try to do my best, right? I, mean, I just try to do it like you. Like I just try to do my best and give my all, you know, because it's you know it's changed my life, exactly. changed your life, and you, know, you want to spread that, you know, you want to yeah. spread that. And um, I don't think I'm gonna find a home like Legacy. I I highly doubt it. <laughs> I mean, I highly doubt it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's uh. It's uh. You're moving on, well, today's today's Friday, so you're moving Sunday. So yes. two days is kind of surreal. You know, uh, you know, you're going to be really missed. You know, you're going to be miss really missed. And we're uh, not going to have Felina. Like, you're just like, you're like military, straight up military. <laughs> and, if, and people like heard you talk and just how you, how you carry yourself. It's like you would train a military, you know, like the way your discipline and the way you do things, you know, it's super impressive. And um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, I don't even want anything. It's not, it's not goodbye, you know. I don't like goodbyes, like I told you. Exactly. You know? It's just we're 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 inside each other's hearts, you know, and we're in, we're gonna stay connected. <laughs> and and hopefully you come, you visit, you know, like hopefully of the course. the air, the flights don't get canceled and the <laughs> <laughs> they they make restrictions between states, you know. I know um, my demeanor could be a little um, intimidating, but. And it's just because I hear it from girls when we go to other dojos, like, you want to say your demeanor is like, we were all scared. And I'm like, you have no idea. We were so nervous coming into your dojo. But that's one thing that I, I, we always, every dojo we went, we went with respect. Mm-hmm. We're not there to like try to show off or kill anybody. We just want to learn from everyone, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like a lot of people like that. Like they visit other dojos and, mm-hmm. For whatever reason, they want to like prove themselves. I'm like, no, you have to respect the mat that you're visiting. It's bigger, it's bigger than that, right? Yes. Than just proving yourself. Exactly. It's exactly. a lifestyle, right? Exactly. Where you're always like learning and changing, just becoming be better, best. doing, becoming better. Hopefully, every not hopefully, but becoming better every year. Exactly. Like I remember, uh, back then you was a little more strict because you didn't let us like sit down on mm. the wall it's like just defend just defend mm. get on the mask just defend and I'm like okay so my defense me and Lisa's defensive are we like we're really good mm. and when I did the Jiu Jitsu World League I'm like you know she's beating me but she's not gonna tap me out yeah you, these, <laughs> these girls these girls were like double your size it's Felina with their bun you know you know that was my my cocky self thinking okay I'm 51 but I'm a tough 51 these 40 year olds got nothing. That's me thinking I'm tougher than them because mm-hmm. they are in their 40s, yeah, you know? Yeah. But these women were steel. Yeah, they're big. They're, <laughs> then they were like double your size, right? Like the, the height. They were you know? made out of steel. And yeah. that was me being cocky. Like I roll with guys all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I just remember thinking, like, okay. It's also sure. like, uh, you know, learn, learn, like competing, like, you don't compete, like a lot of these girls that compete a lot, you know, just learn, learning how to, you know, the, the control yourself and also the, the, you know, the, the strategies and things like that, you know. But I just wanted to defend. I'm like, uh, okay, she's beating me, but yeah. do not let her submit you. So I just, at one point I just closed my eyes and I just kept uh, following your voice. Mm-hmm. You kept coaching me. Uh, what to do so mm. I just followed your boys yeah you listened like yeah I said just defend just defend <laughs> but that was a great experience yeah you know? it's inspiring for me too to see like your heart and like you're like like whatever <laughs> I'm down by points you know but you know I'm not gonna give 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 no. her the satisfaction <laughs> no but that was fun that was fun Although Lisa was a little hard on me, I said, you should have killed him. What's wrong with <laughs> <laughs> She's always going to be super hard on me. You know, she's the one that, you know, introduced me mm-hmm. to this art, you know, so. It's always good to have different people, right? Like yes. influencing you. And, yes. But, and uh, and me, thank me, you, you know. You, you basically let us uh, invite every female black belt. <laughs> yeah, we did, you guys did that. Go ahead and go ahead, keep going. 
Yeah, you did. Yeah. Like, not everyone's gonna do that. You just, you just so chill and lay back about it. You are, you are, you guys organized like the Dirty Dozen, uh, like a, was it a workshop, a seminar? It was a celebration. Celebration. And and that was to give. Let me just give that to Lisette because she's the one that like well. Who are these male dirty dozen? What about the women? Let's do something for them. And mm. Felicia helped Lisette track everyone out. Mm. Felicia O. Mm. Um, and really, we just wanted to give back to them, you know, for paving the way, you know. And I think people don't realize that, you know. So, and thank you for lending us your your do beautiful dojo to do this our, our dojo right and it was one of the best celebrations yeah we had yeah. yeah that was truly truly an honor you know to have all these amazing women there you know and i know uh cj and sarah should have been part of that yeah should have been for one of the first 12 but i moved away from new mexico yes, exactly you know just to give them credit because they were a part of the exactly. their early days but i moved out to LA and you know they got exactly. their black book got postponed so but we were so happy that CJ was here yeah that meant that meant a lot you yeah. know um, they competed she competed when uh, purple brown and blacks well at first it was just one division but then when she competed against Leticia Rivera when she was a purple belt you know <laughs> and, and uh, pants. Kira I think and Kira too yes. yeah yeah I'm sure yeah yeah uh, but you know it's blue belts, and then well, it was all it was just one division for the females, and then it was purple, purple through black. You know, so she competed. At least was already a black belt, and yeah. But to have all that history on the mats, yeah, like different generations, yeah. Um, and now it's so professional. You know, you have like girls being full time jujitsu athletes, exactly. and it's really cool. Exactly, and um, that was our thing. Just inviting. We stopped visiting dojos, and we just kept inviting female black belts, female black belts. To the point where you guys brought him here. <laughs> yeah, to the point where um, I was a purple belt, probably my second or third year. And again, it's because we always want to learn from everyone. Mm -hmm. Right before COVID, we wanted to bring Yvonne Duarte, who's the first mm -hmm. female black belt and who is now the first female to earn her coral uh, belt. Wow. And before COVID, we were going to bring her here to come to the dojo. Mm -hmm. She was probably going to be the last one, but then COVID happened. So, and, and never Where, where does she live? Brazil. Oh, okay. Brazil. Cool. Um, but after a while, I think uh, a, a good friend of ours, Black Belt, she just, she, she made me realize, because it didn't dawn on me, like, well, those are your girls there from Legacy? Give, give her a shout out. <laughs> Jill Baker. <laughs> Jill Baker. Come on. Jill Baker. It's like, well, these girls are looking at you, not at the female black say girls. She's your favorite, but, you know, one of your favorites, you know, she's and that's so cool. Matt Baker. They're so it's good, good people. Amazing. Amazing. We, that's why after COVID, like, we got to do SoCal one more time. SoCal open mat, female open mat. Yes. Yeah, but she she made me realize a lot, and um, ever since then, like you know what, the girls are looking at me now. You know, I was them. Because <laughs> you're always trying to bring in. You started. You're like, can I do all women's class, right, on the weekend? And then you wanted to bring in, um, um, you know, you bring in on some guests and stuff. And then she told you, hey, why don't you do it? You know, which I I was like, I told you that, Felina. <laughs> 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 but then. It, <laughs> Somebody in jail is like, yeah, hey, why, why don't you do it? You should be doing this, you know, because it's your, it's your heart. It's your passion, you know? Um, 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 and then, well, she's like, you're, you know, you should be doing it. They're, they're here for you, you know? And, uh, yeah, that was an like, eye opener. You know, me. like you're right. We all have that thing, right? Where we're like, are we good enough? You know, are we good enough? I'm, am I worthy enough to be, you know, teaching or whatever? Yeah. And then once, you know, just talking to our, our Saturday students and, and you know they listen. They're training at nighttime now. Yeah. Wow. Victoria yeah. took her first uh, uh, jujitsu class with Professor Joey mm -hmm. uh, Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So I'm really, really proud of that. You know, I'm super proud. I've been teaching the girls' class since I was a blue belt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was a blue belt, and it's been an amazing uh, experience for me. You know, and they have so much fun. They do. They just, I adore them, all of them. Congratulations. Thank you, Professor. <laughs>
I'm proud of you. Really proud of you. Thank you. It's amazing, you. amazing work. Thank you. Because of you. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for <laughs> small part, you know, the right culture, right? The right environment, right? Exactly. For you, for you to thrive and to yes. do your best and inspire others to do this, to do the same. Exactly. That's why when um, we made the decision to move back to the East Coast, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm staying here <laughs> until I earn my, my black belt. And I remember talking to Professor Joey, like, you got to put in the work, Felipe. You got to put in the work. Felipe. <laughs> and sure enough, I'm like, okay. And whether it was two, three classes, I don't care how tired I am, I'm going to come. Then I'll train smart. I'm like, I'll go hard this session, take it easy on the next session, and so it's forth. Wavy, wavy training. Yeah, I think I started at 44, uh, training jujitsu. I'm 51. Yeah, eight years. Eight years. And like every week, boom, 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 starting 5:30 in the morning, at night. Yeah, because I don't want to come to a dojo just for one class. Like no one does that. <laughs> You got to like, well, and again, it doesn't matter if you're a hobbyist or competitor. If you mm. want uh, your stock in jiu-jitsu to uh, go up, you have to put in the work. Because otherwise, whenever you visit another dojo, you're, you're going to be exposed on the mats. You know, so whether you're a blue belt to black belt, you have to. And, I, and I, I'm really adamant about this. You have to represent your belt well, especially if you're coming from a lineage. You lineage, know? yeah. Yeah. That's right. It's bigger. It's bigger than us, right? It's bigger <laughs> than just one. What you yourself, but exactly. you're representing exactly. And I think that's a big part of you know, jujitsu is. You can say it's an indiv individual, right? But it's team, right? Exactly. And I think it, when you tap into that, that's one of the. For me, it's like a, one of the black belt things. Like you s kind of surrender to, like your team, and you you embody, you become become that. And I think when you do that, exactly, you become greater than yourself. Exactly. Exactly. What does it mean? What does it mean for your life to become a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt? I'm I'm, I'm always going to be a terminal student. I'm never going to stop being a student. And I learned that from you. you know, well, what does it mean? What does it mean for you to get your black belt when you just you know discipline? Close your eyes. Like, what does it mean? you know for for you like for your life what does it mean like you know you've been through all these you know sweat injuries. you know the bronx growing up in the bronx and single mom and coming out of the closet and it's definitely a huge college um losing it's weight it's prestigious like becoming an attorney you know i jiu-jitsu for me i it's highly regarded you know i mean i respect all martial arts but jiu-jitsu is the one that really tears you apart you know it's like a roller coaster of emotions and that's with everyone especially when you're a blue belt a lot of people get the the blues as a blue belt I didn't I got it as a purple belt um but I never wanted to quit that was never in my orbit but it's hard like a lot of people in their blue belts they quit mm -hmm. you know and once you pass that hurdle or that fork in the road it's smooth sailing. Even if you take breaks here and there, you know, as a purple belt or brown, you'll find your way back to jiu-jitsu, you know, regardless of all the emotions that you go through. Because it's not easy, you know, but it's fun. It's definitely fun. What is legacy? What is your, what are your, your what is your jiu-jitsu community? What does it mean to you in your life? Family. It was my family away from my home in New York, for sure. Um, and I think jiu-jitsu, regardless of race, uh, political views, um, especially in this climate. Um, for instance, Professor Joy, I don't agree with anything he says. <laughs> I'm a conservative Democrat. Neither does Facebook and all that. <laughs> I'm a conservative Democrat, but I respect his jiu-jitsu, his kettlebell, he has taught And who he is everything. as a person, right? Exactly. Just regarding whatever he wants to say exactly. about whatever. I love him. Mm -hmm. You know, he has helped me so much. Um, and just to be clear, I don't agree with the mandates of mm -hmm. um, vaccination. Yeah. I think that's a personal choice, right. just to be clear. Um, but yes, jiu-jitsu, regardless of uh, 
gender, political views. Um, once we're on the mats, we're, we become one as a family, mm. regardless what's going on in our orbit. Once we're on the mats, there's, not, there's no room for anything else. Zero, you know? It's all about jujitsu and your partner. That's it. That's what I learned. <laughs> Especially, especially during this climate this past two years. Wow, craziness, huh? Yeah. What was your highest point in, in your, the last, these last eight, eight years, nine years of jujitsu? One of your high, you know, highest points. You can say multiple if you want. What's a high point? Earning my brown belt mm. definitely was like, wow. Because... You know, I always looked at your your pictures and I always try to like see myself next to you. Mm. You know, you have a beautiful picture there with um, the Gracie and then Draculino. Mm. Mm. And I'm like, I want that. And the second, yeah, I'll make it better for you. I'll make it better. <laughs> but I'm um, earning my brown belt. Was, you believe that you could do it. Yes. Go all Once the way. I you could become a black belt. belt. Yes. I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to move without earning my black belt. I'm going to put in the work. If I have to stay here by myself, and I spoke to Lissette, we had a, a conversation, and she was all about it. You know, I mean, although it hurt her, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not built that way. I cannot start something and not follow through. I have to finish it. You know, I have to earn it way I started. This is where I, this is my home. This is where I came and walked in as a white belt. You push me into this. I am not walking out. <laughs> and I spoke to my family. Um, my mom understood because she knows who I am. Uh, my, some of my friends didn't understand. Like, you could get a black belt. And I was like, no, that's not the point. <laughs> I want it from him. <laughs> he gave me all my belts. Like, no, it's not happening. <laughs> and I was like a, a robot. I went to work, woke up, went to work, came home, freshened up, went to the dojo, and stayed there for two hours. You know, I took little naps here on the sofa. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I just. You're like going, going, going out on your shield this week, every class pretty much all day long. Yeah, because I wanted to like. Plus the tough girl boot camp and. I just wanted to giving soak it all in. And, yeah. Soak it all in, you know, because. As I mentioned before, I highly doubt I'm going to find a home like Legacy, you know, where everyone micromanages everything. Everything is red tape, you know. I don't know. You've grown up, I right, too, with, with all these people. Exactly. Over the years. Exactly. And we always had amazing coaches and professors, mm. you know. Um, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. So that's going to be really emotional for me, you know. But I am going to visit a lot of dojos in, in Miami and whatever feels close enough to home, then I'll make a decision, you know? Thank you, moving. <laughs> and hopefully once we settle in, you know, you could come and for do sure. a workshop. For sure. <laughs> for sure. I'll be visiting Miami. Indeed loves Miami. For sure. That's definitely a, um, our goal. Bring, bring Serenade to compete out there in Florida. <laughs> Find a reason, right? It's like the second Mecca. You know, of jujitsu. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny how things have shifted, right? Like, of course, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, was the mecca, mm -hmm. and then things shifted to SoCal. It still, still is, right? But because of COVID and all the tournaments and everything else, but still, I think so SoCal still is, you know, is up there. But now things like Florida and these other these other states, even exactly. like Texas, right? Exactly, uh, are coming up, and you know, people are, you know. I am happy about that, that there's a lot of uh, dojos in Miami that we could choose from, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm really happy about that. Yeah. Even in New York, like, let's say I was living in New York mm -hmm. after um, Cali, I will definitely um, would have joined Hensel Gracie's because I, I felt good in that dojo. They welcomed me. They were super nice. Did to you me. ever go to the, the HQ or? No. Okay. Just the one in the Bronx. Because mm -hmm. it's closer to my mom's. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, yeah. And they treated me. Super nice. They mm -hmm. were they welcome me and they were like chill. <laughs> Even there's after. also uh, was the Upper West Side uh, um, 
Well, Luca Tala, he was the editor of the Gracie magazine for a long time. He runs the the gym there, the Hands of Gracie there. In the city? In the city, but then also, of course, the the, the main one, right? The HQ. But mm-hmm. yeah, you can't That's go wrong. That's a discipline. And we're all like interconnected, right? Yeah. From all the years. That would Most be of hard. the guys, the head guys, you know? Yeah. Running running the Hanzos. They're the, re- the real, you know, the real people. That will be it. Let's say I lived in New York, just for those students that travel um, to go to the dojo in the city, that's mm. that's a trek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's a trek for sure. And that's discipline. That's love, you know? If you're traveling an hour just to get... I mean, look at you taking a little boat to go to in the dojo. In Rio you know? I have a story when I when I was going out to Brazil, taking that boat, not that boat, uh, I took down one of them all's kayaks. And so at, my dad lived in New York at the time, right? I went to high school in Staten Island, and so I strapped it to the, he never forgot about that. But I would take, there was Hanzo when he was still with uh, the, his first partner there. And then there was a guy, well, that, even before that, there was a guy named Fabio Clemente. And then he was with the Machados, but then he left because they were, I don't know what happened, Some something happened. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I would go and take, take you know, I was like all in when I was, uh, I don't know how old I was, eight, whatever it was, but I would take to go train with them because there, there was only a few classes. There was only a few people around, really around the, the country, right? Wow. And uh, when I would visit my dad, I was like pff, hardcore, like, you know, you know, every, wherever I could get, you know, information from because it was very hard to, you know, to learn. Exactly. It, was, it wasn't really till, till, I, till I moved down to Brazil and had all, there was all these black belts and all this information, right? Because that was the Mecca mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you had VHS and to look at old footage. What's that? Right? You had the VHS. Instead of YouTube, we had like the tape, the videotape. The VHS tapes, yeah. VHS <laughs> tapes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, you play the thing over and over to the thing would like, you know. Exactly. Yeah, I would record from that uh, a TV channel, Sport TV. It was kind of like the ESPN in Brazil. And so I would, uh, I would, uh, yeah, record, record all the matches and stuff, you know? That so. was exciting for you to, cause you was, you was passionate enough to, to move to Brazil and stay there and live and learn, yeah. you know, you came out richer. Like for sure. Man, I was, I was just thinking about the Hector Camacho. He was from the Bronx as well, right? Harlem. 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 Okay. He's Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. He had a lot of heart. I love his his fighting spirit. That's I want to yeah. I wanted to hear like what really resonated with you with what from that movie because I watched it after, like probably the week after you told me to. Um, I always love Rocky and mm. I love his first story because mm. I believe he wrote Sylvester Stallone's right, 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 story. Right, you know, correct. Um, rags to riches, you know, and the heart uh, to become the greatest fighter, mm. you know, and that was similar to uh, Hector Camacho. You know, he grew up. Poor. He loved his mom. His father wasn't there, and everything that he did, he did it for his mom, mm. you know, for his family. Mm. You know, growing up, especially in Harlem back in the day, mm. was not. Um, it wasn't was easy. just as bad, you know. Just like the Bronx has a stigma, Harlem had the stigma too, especially in the late seventies, eighties. Um, it was just really bad. Unemployment, homeless, um, drugs, you know. And and see the fighter in him. He was a kid winning little boxing championships. Mm-hmm. And his drive to be the best. Macho time. You know? Macho time. His the regimen, mental talk. Yes. Um, and that's, I was always fascinated, especially growing up. I love watching him fight, you know. To make it out of the, you know, make it out of his the surroundings, hood. right? To make yeah. it out of the hood. To make it. Yeah to yeah. the highest level and just the close relationship he has with it reminded me of me and my mom mm. you know um but you know unfortunately drugs took over mm. you know but he was a really really amazing at fighting and you take that away from him and he lost everything mm-hmm. you know Unfortunately, but I think that's a great inspiring story for for any young uh, kid coming up the ranks in boxing. Yeah, the fight came was brutal, you know, too. Same. As far as as far as just the hype and what it does, like mm-hmm. all that stuff does to you. That's why what I love about well, if you think about MMA and UFC and those kinds of things, I find very similar, right? Um, you know, professional, it you know, is. fighting, and then yes. amateur, right? Like jujitsu, for example. 
And I, what I love about jujitsu is it just really grounds you. Exactly. It grounds you, makes you, just makes you a better person. And so even if you, or say you want to go follow that path, right? Mm-hmm. No matter what happens, you always have jujitsu to fall back on as far as like keeping you grounded and exactly. stuff. And it's exactly. also the community, right? You're exactly. like interconnected with everybody exactly. that you came up with and you know, that you're still connected to, right? Even though you're fighting professionally now. Exactly. Exactly. So you never go off to go out, go away too much, you know, from, from that. Exactly. Just Mike Tyson himself, mm. like, you know, watching him fight. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, was, that was my first fight I saw when I was a kid. Really? Yeah, yeah. Was it the Spinks? You know, when he fought Spinks. Okay. It was like, really? I don't know, a few seconds, you know. They were all excited. And it was at my uncle's house. And I was like, what? Like, this is fighting stuff. Also, you never really watched Muhammad Ali back in the day? I was, yeah, I was, I was, I was, was too young. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That was my first fight, Muhammad Ali. And um, Sugar Ray. Sugar Those Ray. Those were the two. Every time they were fighting, I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and again, it's because of the regiment getting there. I was attracted to that. Yeah. Yeah. Just the fight, the the the, the fight game, right? It's like you kind of like a, say like a prostitute, but kind of, you know, to like the <laughs> fight promoters. I hate to say it like that, right? But kind of it's true. It's true. It's true. Like you're just like, you know, mo- most of the time, right? Exactly. And so... Uh, I love amateur jujitsu, you know, like it's the real, it's real, exactly. you know, it's real. Doesn't get any more real than that. Yeah. What's your lowest point? Uh, what's one of your lowest points in uh, your jujitsu journey? Getting injured. Mm. Definitely. Um, my knee was really bad. I wasn't able to, to extend it at all. I was walking in a crutch. And I thought I wasn't gonna do jujitsu anymore, you know. Um, I, I think let's say I was like, well, I injured my back. Don't think like that. Mm. You'll get into it again. Don't worry. Mm. But I'm, I have to be grateful to you because you actually pushed me, you know. I'm, I'm not a competitor, <laughs> but you, I guess you saw something in me, you know, and, and you reached out to me to continue training even with one leg and my crutches. So, but definitely when I injure my knee, I was like, oh man, like. Are you proud of that? That you trained like oh, one-legged yes, and you evolved your game? Absolutely, I started learning. Is that like something, like, fine, if I can, like, you could have stopped, but instead you evolved your game and got better because yeah. you use that as a, like a blessing in disguise, right? It is, it is. You introduced me to, to <laughs> the deep half and then I met Gordo and mm. his story. I was like, mm. oh, okay. I could do this. I did not want to have surgery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just rehab my knee mm-hmm. on my own. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, sometimes it gives me a little uh, trouble, but I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I could like press 230 pounds. I'm good. <laughs> and Joey with the flexibility, because mm-hmm. I was tight. Mm-hmm. I was super tight. And um, he helped me a lot. And he showed me different variations who mm-hmm. from the bottom came, mm-hmm. you know? So let's give Professor uh, Joy. Let's give Kettle Jitsu a shout out because you're one of the diehards. You know, you've gotten certified and you know, you've love you, Professor Joey. Can I give a shout out to my mom? mom of course. <laughs> 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 let's talk about Kettle Jitsu. You okay. know, like what it's what it's done for you, and you know, like you've been one of the you know five thirty in the morning. I mean, you're always there. I see the bun in the morning and, you know, it's like, okay, cool. The allure of it. I never thought of kettlebell as a a workout. Mm. You know, I was always very old fashioned uh, with weight training. Um, But Professor Joey just made it fun. You know, he made it attractive. You know, he starts you off with the, the body flow just to warm up. And I, I feel that a lot of people that do take his class, like new students, they don't ex- they think because they're stronger, they should start right away with heavy kettlebells. Mm. And it doesn't work that way because mm-hmm. that's how you're going to get injured, you know? Um, you have to work. It's a progression, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I love the different uh, workout flows, circuits with the kettlebell, which I did not know, mm-hmm. you know, and he introduced me to that. Mm-hmm. He, I just fell in love with it. I love anything that has to do with the kettlebell. So when I'm away on vacation and I see a kettlebell, I already know what to do, mm-hmm. you know. I, it has, it's a huge, huge gift 
um, meeting Professor Joey here and taking his uh, kettle jitsu class for sure, for sure. It's a blessing. And I also want to bring him once I'm settled in. And I told him, I want to bring Professor Joey so he could give a workshop mm -hmm. in kettlebell. And he said he'll do it. Yeah. So. Yeah. What are you most grateful for in your journey, your jujitsu journey? My health, always. Um, uh, jujitsu could take a toll on your body, but um, it also helps you. You know, we're losing weight, being more active, and doing other uh, stuff exercise-wise, whether it's kettle, whether it's tag fit, whether it's tough girl boot camp, whether it's Muay Thai. You all, not only jujitsu, but you also have to do something else, you know, to supplement mm -hmm, your, mm -hmm. your workout. And um, jujitsu has given me that, you know. Thank you, Felina. Thank you for thank you for having me. Thank you for uh, our friendship. Thank you for your example. Thank you for being who you are. You know, um, Hurricane Felina. Just, just <laughs> Hurricane Felina. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, your loyalty. You know, like for me, a big thing is loyalty, and you're just your ride or die. And I really respect that. I Thank really you. respect that. I really love you. I'm really Likewise. gonna miss you, you know. Uh, seeing you at day in and day out, week in, week out, you know. And uh, I appreciate, I appreciate, I appreciate you. Likewise, Professor. Thank you for everything. For everything. <laughs> and it's not um, goodbye, CJ. Right, right. We'll see each other. We'll see each other soon. And we'll stay connected. Absolutely. One good thing with social media is we stay connected and, uh, with you know updates and things like that. Absolutely. And we'll stay connected and, and uh, look forward to uh, tomorrow and and uh, yeah. Thank you, Anything Professor. Else? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>